Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, been saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. <laughs> It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right up there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. That OG real dream. Here we go, guys and girls. Another episode of the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. We're coming at you with the element today. Um, badass video, badass podcast. Check out their podcast, The Element, uh, Podbean, uh, iTunes, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find Facebook, Instagram, uh, kick ass videos, uh, kick ass guys. Um, Tyler Jones, that's who we had on tonight. Um, just a down to earth, great guy. Um, spent spent two hours talking with us. Um, this one went a little longer, but like I said, when when the shit gets good, we can't cut it off. You know Man, I mean? props to you for not just shouting Whitetail Legacy off the get go. That is props to you. Yeah, <laughs> we're jacked up. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah. So here we go, man. Let's get right into our uh, partners <laughs> and uh, get this thing going. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> seen that. <laughs> okay. So Ingram, Ingram, stay hey, a. We put our bucks on the back burner, and he is starting our bucks. I just got confirmation. I went up there and took a bit pick of both just the dry racks, no mounts. Uh, it's nice to see him. Um, nice to replay those memories in our heads. Um, check out Ingram's Outdoor Obsession on Facebook, Instagram. Check out his work. Our bucks will be out soon. We'll be releasing them 
probably when this maybe when this podcast is released, maybe. they should be released. So that's gonna be pretty should cool. Should be close, yeah. Um, ECW, um, he just told us that he got our custom engraved kids calls done for our grunt tubes. I love that. Yeah. So we, me and homie, both got uh, custom grunt tubes engraved with our kids' name and date. So. Wouldn't it be sweet when they're like 16, 18, they shoot a really nice buck, they grunted it in with a call, we got them, you know, 13, it says 2018 years ago. on it, you know. You know that'd, man, be that'd be sick, sick, you know. I mean, oh, man. Yeah. I mean. Just to give it to them, I mean, now. but Let them blow it around, just <laughs> tick the old lady off. Right. Yeah, just, I mean, just piss the wife off. But, you know, they're, they're probably going to grow out of that phase a little bit, and then, you know, when you they're put 10, up, 12, yeah, yeah 10, 12, getting, they'll be like, all right, you know, dad, I'm ready to go for real. You mm-hmm. give it back to them. You're like, hey, man, you're blowing this when you're three, four years old. Yeah, you got a lot of practice on this call. <laughs> right? So. And then, you know, it just comes full circle. I love, I'm going to yeah, love that's that That's going to be sick. All right, man. The VIP, dude, I'm very impressed by the early season bucks hitting the ground with with the, the veteran broadhead, dude. It's been intense this year. He, uh, he did improve that collar ring. He had he had some uh, people talking about how it wasn't opening in foam. Uh, got that fixed. Uh, everybody I talked to and heard is super impressed with how it's going now. Um, he will 100% warranty any uh, broadhead that has the old rings. He will send you new rings to replace them. Right. Not even just the performance of the new ring, but the customer service yeah. to get your old stuff updated to the new ring has been incredible from what I've seen. Yeah. Shout out to Matt and Cindy, dude. They're they're baller, as we like to say <laughs> on this uh, this podcast. Uh, you need this fourth arrow. Can no, arm? no. I'm this is our fidget. <laughs> this is our fidget spinner for the, the podcast. By the time this comes out, it ain't gonna be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's getting close to season. We're definitely gonna be sending the VIPs. Um, I got my old ones from last year that are still ready to rock. Yeah, I've I'm got. I'm gonna I've change got... the collars out on, and then I got my brand new pack, of course, that I got. You know, and. Uh, Right, I've got two from last year. Yeah, I got. Um, yeah. You know, and then I bought the three pack at Walmart. Yeah. So I'm 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 rolling five deep plus the trash panda killing. I know I gotta throw a trash panda in there too. I'm I know. So it. so my quiver is only a four arrow, so I'm gonna be rocking three deep. Yeah, all them public coons. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, smoke I'll be them. Getting, yeah, I'll be getting a small games license. To come right. Them, <laughs> sure. So I I gotta see what's up with the bobcat. You know, I had them couple encounters last year with with them uh, on my on my piece. So I don't think I'm gonna be hunting too much out there. But man, dude, if that opportunity comes by, how sick would that be? Yeah, that'd a be legal sick. legal bobcat in Illinois. Yeah, and to get it with the it's like the five. limited edition diamond guillotine oh, that Matt dude. gave us. Special, right. you know, special little shout out to Matt there. For $5.50 tag for yeah. a bobcat. Yeah, that's sick. I, mean, I know Knox County's off limits, so I will not be able to get one this year, but you got a big possibility. Were, were they up in the buck nest? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's some, where the video yeah. come from. I said, well, actually, two of the videos that I got were from the buck nest, same day, and then... Uh, later that week I was over at my shotgun stand, had another one come strolling wow. by totally yeah. like, you know, well you walked it a half yeah. mile. I mean, yeah. way over there. Yeah. So way over there. Definitely check out that, see if they're open this year for Bobcat tags and, yeah. and get one of those before they're out. But, uh, homie's going to hit you with the VIP veteran broadhead shout out. So this week on the VIP veteran broadhead shout out, we have James Sizemore sent in by our good friend, Justin Duncan. Uh, James was in the U.S. Army, 
And uh, that's all the info we have. Uh, hey, well, it, thank you, James. We appreciate your service, man. Um, thanks, Justin, for giving that special shout-out for us. Um, James, we don't know a lot about what you did, but we appreciate it, whether it was four years or 40 years. Right. All the same. Um, thanks for doing it for my family, homie family, and the Whitetail Legacy podcast crew. Uh, let's get into Scentlock. Let's talk about the Oz 100. It's right there on your left shoulder Oz there. Oz 100, man. Yeah. It's been it's been cleaning the room. Uh, we got we had the studio. The studio, yeah. Don't short it. Yeah. So I I love the Oz one hundred. That's my most utilized scent lock tool Item. yet because it's off season. Um, I use it in my bathroom a bunch. Uh, I was cooking. I'm you know we're on the diet competition right now, so <laughs> I've been eating a lot of fish. The old lady hates fish. She don't want to eat it. Ooh. I after I cook that, I run that thing in my kitchen. It's gone, dude. The smell's gone. And if anybody's ever cooked like a, a tuna steak or swordfish, I did tuna and swordfish both to switch it up. Swordfish is a lot more like strong tasting fish. He's got that welder money to be buying shit, swordfish. It's, it's pretty cheap at high V. <laughs> so. But anyways, I I did that and uh, I put a little hot sauce, soy sauce mixture in there and really spiced it up. It's great. It was actually real good. And I might actually do that next week, the finishing week, because I really shred some pounds when i did that um uh but yeah the oz 100 took that fish smell right out of my whole kitchen so the element man these are some down home i like how he says toward toward yeah toward i like that <laughs> he's got that texas slang <laughs> right toward yeah. hey check out check out uh tyler and the tribe um he's touring music right now traveling in a band making a new album um, we should have just copy and pasted for him yeah. to say that while you just said it right there. Tour. Yeah. So I don't uh, even know if we said check it right. out the Tour. Element Instagram, Facebook, um, podcast world, uh, Whitetail DNA blog. Uh, he has some stories on there. Check out all that. Um, this guy is super solid. Um, I can't wait to meet his buddy KC or talk I to know. his buddy KC because with a flow like that, you know, I've said it here. If you do anything. Just get on their website and check out this guy's flow. Then you'll be like, oh, yep, that was worth the time. That was definitely worth the time. So then you'll be watching their videos and be like, damn, this is this is baller. You know, This is where I need to be. So yeah, check them it. out. Um, we're going to get right into the nitty gritty. Like you said, we're going to try to cut these intro, intros shorter. We hope we did that for you guys. <laughs> you know how we get. We get a little crazy. We get a little off topic and get sideways. But here we go. Here's the element coming at you. All right, guys, we got Tyler Jones on from the Element. Man, thanks for coming on. Spend some time with us, Illinois boys. I know you're sweating it out down there in, in Texas. Yeah, yeah, it's muggy. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Yeah, thanks for the response, man. I reached out. I really like uh, your your podcast and your filming. That The Nameless video, like I was saying, that's that's one of the top hunts I've seen here, especially this year that have came out, you know, and uh, – We'll get into that that later, but sure, yeah, yeah. Thank you, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, so we'll start out. Just kind of introduce yourself and uh, talk about what what the the element is a little bit. Yeah, the uh, I am from right here in East Texas, and the element is actually uh, myself and uh, one of my really good friends, Casey Smith. 
and uh, Casey's out in Colorado right now hunting elk. Actually, he may be on his way back uh, at some point today. Um, One thing about Casey I wanted to bring up, dude, you need to work on your flow because Casey's (laughs) got you beat. Casey's got some banging hair, dude. What, I tell you yeah, what. I was say, what kind of hairstyle are you rocking? Because it was kind of long in the middle, like uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in yeah. a nameless video. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a mo faux hawk kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, I've had that ever since I cut my hair off. So I used to have long hair too. Did you? Yeah, Casey's, he's, yeah. he's rocking, dude. Yeah, he's, he is. Uh, but he's, he's uh, losing it quickly, so he's, uh, <laughs> he won't be rocking it too much longer. He'll have to go. Go to the, you know, shave cut or something. The clean so, cut. All right, yeah. man. Sorry to interrupt but, you. I just want no, to throw that cool. out there. Yeah. So Casey and myself are co-hosts on the show, and and uh, you know it helps to have a have your have a friend to help you when you when you do this stuff because it's hard to film yourself, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of you know that's what we do is we have a, a digital outdoor brand. We we do podcasts. We do um, film, and I've been doing film for a long time, and. Uh, yeah just right here in texas man that's kind of the the gist on the element um so you just like you said there you know you do have a podcast and you guys are filming your hunts and stuff and you're doing a bunch of reviews on products and different this and that um do you know of very many other people that are doing what you guys are doing i know um mark Kenyon on wired hunts uh films his hunts um Mm -hmm. other than that man you know uh do you know of anybody else doing that um, you know, Mark, yeah, Mark does that. Mark does a heck of a job too, man. I, uh, you know, props, to him. <clears throat> props to him. He, uh, you know, I would say that Mark is a huge influence for a lot of guys that are doing this podcasting things, right? This thing right now. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, for you sure. know, definitely a, a pioneer, um, and does a really professional job. He was on our podcast two weeks ago or so. Um, great guy, but um i think you know there's a, there's maybe one or two other brands out there that i can think of off the top of my head that are doing uh something similar and uh and you know it, it's a, it's a tough thing to do to do it all but uh, i I'm, a, I'm in a special situation right now where i kind of have uh, quite a bit of time to to devote to editing videos and film and you know, podcasts and all these different things i'm definitely blessed to be able to to be able to do all that right now yeah um you know cody and i uh, obviously listen to mark and just like you said you know he's a pioneer for um this sort of, of deal we're doing here and one thing i really enjoyed about mark on your podcast is getting that different side of him because you know on his own show he's he's throwing out the questions and you know nobody really mm-hmm. questions him but you know it's always nice to be on that other end kind of like you are right now you know, sure. you're the, you're the interviewer or the interviewee and you're the one getting questions. So for people who follow your podcast, you know, to be able to maybe listen to this, um, get a different perspective, you know, you're not the one asking questions. You're giving out the answers. People get a little bit feel better feel for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, it's weird to talk about yourself t- sometimes on your own podcast. So yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right there. And, and, you know, we, we try to stay away from, uh, I don't know, I hate to call them generic, but generic questions or uh, things that you might have heard about somebody. And, you know, you've got, you got some of that with these whitetail experts especially. But, um, you know, we wanted to, when we interviewed Mark, we wanted to have a, you know, a, 
different perspective. We wanted him to be able to talk about uh, his ideologies and those kind of things. So it was definitely, definitely cool to hear all of that, you know? Yeah, it was, I, I loved it. I listened to that one. What's funny is, what was it, four or five years ago, I got in the truck at homie with homie at work. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, you mind if I play something? must have been four years ago. Yeah. I was four, like, you mind if I yep. play something on the radio? And he's like, well, it depends on what it is, you know? <laughs> And it was a it was a hunting podcast, you know, and he mm-hmm. and he'd never even heard of them before, and I plugged it in. And he's like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh, this is a hunting podcast." You know, I'm trying to get. It was like November. I was like, "I'm trying to get some intel," you know, trying to get that's right, get it touched up, and uh, and then now he listens to like twelve, like I do, you know. It, it was probably the yeah. most epic one I've ever heard. Mark had <laughs> Mark had some guy on, and he was talking about like in July. He doesn't eat onions for the rest of the year. Yeah. Just something, <laughs> something weird. Crazy. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what yeah. is this guy talking about? Yeah, but shoot, I mean that'd be hard. It'd be hard for me, man. A lot of a lot of my dishes start with onions, butter, and green peppers. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go yeah, that in so. deep, but that's that was nah. his tip, man. He was sink control crazy. So Yeah. No, there's he's had some good guys on his on the show for sure. So you're talking about being in kind of a unique uh area where you have free time so are you a traveling musician is that like your trade or uh it used to be man um yeah i I, for for nine years i toured pretty much that was what i did um you know i caught a little extra work here and there when i can um and you know that's what i did i don't do it anymore we were playing 110 shows a year or so you know and staying really busy moving all over and and so yeah that's not really the situation i'm in now is um more of a situation where uh, i sold my house in february and made decent money on it and so uh right now i'm kind of taking an opportunity to uh kind of set the element on the right path and and uh hopefully you know end up making this a career that lasts a long time nice man way to yeah. way for way to you to freaking yeah. go after it man chase the biscuit <laughs> Thanks, risk it to get yeah. the biscuit yeah. heck yeah i would but... say my wife doesn't agree with what you just said there but uh <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> they she, never do she might when yeah. it turns out good you know if it turns yeah, out good yes. she's gonna be like oh man i'm so glad you did this <laughs> it's, e- <laughs> no, it's either she's that super, she's supportive for sure yeah she is but uh but yeah it is i've always been that guy that ch- that's chasing a dream and so it's hard, man. Uh, being a, an artist or, or whatever you might call this now, it's it's hard to chase a dream and, and uh, struggle through bills and know that you're not going to have enough money coming up this month and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not always easy. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. What can I ask? What band you played in, or what what instrument sure, you played? Yeah. Or well, yeah, I played guitar um, and sang harmony vocals for the first five years coming out of college. Um, I, I the guy that I played with, his name was Clay Wilson. He had, uh, we were the Clay Wilson band. Uh, Clay was on my football team at SMU in Dallas. And, um, and I had met, I met him through that obviously. And we started taking around in college a little bit, ended up forming a band and, uh, throughout the last year or so of college started touring, uh, and did for five years and, uh, did, did well, uh, traveled all over the place. All we played, House of Blues up there in Chicago near you guys. Uh, we got to play Governor Meade's inauguration there in uh, Wyoming. Uh, 
played the Republican Governors Association National Convention in San Diego, California, on the Bayfront. Nice. I mean, been all over. It was it was a lot of really cool things that we got to experience there. And then um, for a couple of like weird reasons, we uh, ended up kind of disbanding, and and uh, I started my own gig, and um, I had already cut an EP. Fort Worth, Texas, uh, a couple of years before this happened. And I started a band with some guys that I, that I met after college when I moved out to Sulphur Springs, Texas and toured for four years with them and, uh, just kind of built on the success and the connections that I had made to that point in the industry. And we had, we're still playing today and we just don't tour and do 110 dates a year and, you know, grind it out. All What's over that the- band called? That's what? Tyler and the Tribe. Tyler and the Tribe. Are you yeah. guys like, are you like Texas Red Dirt Country or what are you guys? Uh, no, we toured in those circles because that was an easy, uh, an easy end for us. But, uh, and we we're more like uh, pop rock. Uh, it's got country vibes for sure. You know, I mean, we're, te- we're from Texas. So yeah, like the things I, you know, I grew up in a small town here in East Texas. I mean, I'm going to sing about things that are kind of country, you know, but um, but it's, it's, we grew up listening to Nirvana and Foo Fighters and, you know band, incubus bands like that so we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll pretty oh yeah heavy, man that's play. that's awesome yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna definitely check out that and that's a sure that's a shameless plug here uh tyler <laughs> and the tribe right that's right man and, right. and uh, i'll send you some links man and yeah, you check them yeah. out yeah i love we're doing i love doing all music right now. i love all music man i play guitar i've played four open mics i'm pretty much garbage i can't sing but i can play and i just have a lot of fun homies see me play yeah. when i get out here and get to bush lights in me <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah yeah that's that's, cool, that's yeah. about the extent of mine but i uh i figured from texas i'm a big big homie can't sing no oh i can I, sing have but... you heard his voice naturally <laughs> uh, i mean maybe you might be able to hit them high <laughs> yeah, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you notice he didn't say low yeah, no, no. <laughs> he's got that 12 year old voice yeah. over there right yeah, it's all good so, man no you keep that as long as you can yeah our, look our, at bieber though look yeah. at bieber i mean we might have something here bud <laughs> our wives give us enough time to do this if i went in there and said hey we're starting a band. I, I don't know what would yeah. happen. <laughs> hey, try starting a band and then a podcast. Yeah. You oh, might man. be in trouble. Yeah, props to your wife, man. She's <laughs> Like you said, she's, she's supportive. Awesome. That's good. Well, she knew what she was getting into. We started, you know, it was kind of off and on a little bit, uh, but we started dating when we were 13, so wow. known her a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, so you so. were talking about, uh, I heard on uh, one of the podcasts, well, I don't want to give away a lot of the story, but you were sleeping. It was on the nameless, and you guys were sleeping in your truck, and you were talking about a, a injury. So that was from the football that you played at SMU. Uh, yeah, a back injury, I guess. Yeah, it was. You said it was like the center of your back on the episode. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's an old football injury, man. It's so you played at SMU all through all through college, in four years. Yep, I played oh uh, six through oh nine, and. Uh, I was a free safety there, so got to play with. I don't know, you know, if you guys follow football or some of your listeners might, but yeah, got homie. to play with uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a receiver that came out the same year. I Hell yeah, graduated. Uh, Cole Beasley plays for the Cowboys, a little slot receiver. Uh, play with him. Uh, shoot, there were six guys from that that were on the Saints at the same time. So uh, it was, yeah, we I got to got to have quite the experience there we 
I finished out my career uh, playing in the Hawaii and the Nevada Wolfpack, and uh, we smoked them forty-five to ten. So that was that was a good <laughs> nice. thing. Nice. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I got, I mean, spent a week in Hawaii because of it. And it, it's a lot of work, man. I, you know, I, to be honest, I didn't even go to my pro day. What is going on? I'm playing music. And we were, we were picking up steam, uh, regionally. So that's what I did instead of, I graduated early and instead of going to my pro day and doing all these different things, I chased uh, your dream. You know, chase chase a different that's dream. badass yeah. man right yeah it, it just is send except it. for that I, I i now i'm like well if i had like some money from playing five years in the league i might be in a different position yeah, right yeah. Like, all you need is five years nowadays yeah that's yeah. all you need I, I know yeah. you that's can produce you your own stuff man yeah, yeah. heck yeah mm-hmm. so one thing i want to ask you about is you know is it's you and kc you said you guys are good friends and you know Obviously, I, I understand the bond that you have with him um, because it, it's Cody and I. So uh, I want to hear a, a how you and KC become friends. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny question, uh, or it's a good question, but it's a funny answer. Um, it's the power of social media. We actually met through Facebook, and um, basically I went to school with his now brother-in-law, and he was a year younger than me in high school and um i posted a film that i had made with uh somebody or a buddy uh we went did a little trout fishing thing i like to fly fish and and i like the native trout the cutthroat species uh especially and so we were doing this rio grande cutthroat trout expedition into the valley of it all area of new mexico which is this awesome incredible area that uh was actually um like i don't remember how many acres it is it's huge but it was owned by one of the major like gas companies or oil companies and they had a bunch of taxes that started uh to accrue that that were back taxes i guess and then in uh payment for those taxes they gave this area away but anyway so i posted this video uh after we got done with that trip and i edited it all up and uh casey's brother-in-law i believe tagged him and said and at the time they you know he wasn't married to chance's sister but he said hey uh kc check this out so he he checked it out he sent me a message like hey dude that was awesome man i really thought that was cool whatever so we started talking and he was like yeah i live out on the coast he lived down in the gulf uh near the gulf of mexico on texas coast uh, at like three feet elevation you know just bumming it around <laughs> as a bachelor and uh a bachelor so, with that kind of hair, I'm not buying yeah, exactly. that. <laughs> hey, that's how remote it, it is down there. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, uh, you know, he was like, well, let's go red fishing sometime. And so we actually never did do the red fishing trip. We haven't done it yet, even though we plan on it. But uh, uh, he moved back up here. And so we kind of, that's how kind of how we started out. And actually, uh, the first the first time I ever met KC, we met in a Walmart parking lot and went, fishing for stripers uh here in north texas and uh since then man we've been good friends we have a lot of same ideas about things and uh, a lot of same beliefs and and uh i mean how could you not like that guy he's full of energy and, yeah yeah i uh, just super selfless and everything else i just know him from the podcast and just from when you finally release a video it was cool to like 
to see him, you know what I mean? So I could like put a yeah. face to the, yeah. to a, you know, right. to the voice. I was like, man, this guy, yeah, I dig him. You know, I got, yeah, the, yeah I got this going on. And then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could feel like I could just get right along with these two guys. That's why I reached out to you. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. like, these guys got to be cool. You know, they can't just put, you know, so. Well, I yeah. would say something that we haven't talked about is, you know, <clears throat> how Cody and I met. And I think we're going to do that in the here, you know, five or so episodes when we get up to 50. We're just going to kind of hit the rewind button and get into it. But I've been looking for Cody for 24 years and I found him four years ago. All right. So yeah, that's a good thing. I know. Um, it's good I've, to have a good hunting partner, man. There's nothing like it, you know? Right. Uh, the problem is, you know, he's hunted my place a couple times, and I have yet to hunt a place that he, he has <laughs> permission on. I've hunted his place <laughs> once, and he sent me to a stand that didn't have a seat on it. <laughs> and he said, no one's hunted there for a while. I mean, I didn't know a while. It was like seven years. <laughs> I mean, the, the ladder stand, the it had that, like it was a chain on there, you know? And yeah. it was about... The chain was about uh, eight inches too big for the tree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't hunt there. So I walked all the way back to the truck, and I hunted right by the truck, and I seen more deer than all of them. So. I was say you probably hey. killed a booner if you got in that stand. <laughs> yeah. You, you probably missed out on that seven-year-old buck that was coming through there. I, I probably did, yeah. Had him set up yeah. sweet, didn't listen to the directions. I know, man. <laughs> People don't trust their guides, dude. Right? It's terrible. So, what is your favorite thing about podcasting? Um, man, as you guys know, it's a lot of work, you know. Uh, but I think that learning from the experts is probably I like that could be a consensus for most podcasters, probably. But man, just getting to learn from these guys firsthand, and you know, even off the air, you know, you, you get to talk to them sometimes, and learn even more than what your audience got to learn if they, you know, get to talking. And uh, Yeah, we get a lot of that. We get the secret <laughs> tips that they don't yeah. want anybody to know off air, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, mean, I get like, what you're yeah, saying. That's the thing, you know, I mean, I got to, you get to learn, you know, for me, I, you know, I got to talk to Bill Winky, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of him. Carl that's, Miller. Yeah, that's is, super dope, dude. Bill Winky's I mean, like, he's the boss, you know. He's right. awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just super nice guy. Um, like I said, Carl Miller, you know, we're going to talk to him about deer vision. And uh, Carl's episode, actually, we did that. And um, right after the QDMA convention, though, we met him at. And the, the SD card corrupted. And so we lost like four interviews, basically, including Carl's. So he, he was like, he got back on the phone with this super nice guy, man. And did another whole thing, man. A whole spiel about everything deer vision and uh, just like, those are people that you don't just get to talk to or to learn from very often, especially those like professors that know so much about the, the behaviors of deer and that kind of thing, you know, but, um, I don't know. I mean, another, one of my favorite things about podcasting would be that, um, you know, it kind of leads me to, to these like relationships with some of these incredible people. And one that comes to mind is, uh, my buddy Garrett Long from Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, who, I met in a roundabout way through podcasting and we've done a podcast since together, but, uh, like he, he's a guy that he hunts, fishes a little bit, but hunts. Um, but he doesn't just care about killing animals. Like he cares about landscapes, putting more animals on that landscape people, you know, which are like the most important thing on planet earth. 
And so like, you know, just a great person and somebody that I share a lot in common with, you know, like meeting those types of people through podcasting is definitely a big benefit. Yeah, for sure. That's what we keep telling everybody, you know, the meet people we've met, you know, we've, we've made some awesome friends. A lot of the down South guys from Texas, Mississippi, Georgia area, you know, um, the super solid guys that we'd become like really good friends with. And they're like, Hey man, you need to come down here and hunt, you know? And you, you know, we want to get together. I'm like, well, you need to come up here and hunt, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah eventually, uh, eventually we'll southern, make something out. Hospitality, man. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to Bryant too. Cause we had the same thing happen. We recorded an episode with him. Computer messed up. We lost the whole thing, man. And he was kind enough to come back on a second time and redo the whole thing. So we've been there before. I and think, then yeah. and then we lost like the oh man so we, yeah we had um the there's a hunting team called the rise and we had them two of them guys on and we're getting into Alex's story of like the one seventy one seventy clean ten giant I had mean, like an like, eighth inch deductions just huge yeah. he tells the whole story lost the lost and we, and we lost like <laughs> that segment of the podcast and I'm like uh. so I'm doing like the final proofread or proof listen you know i'm like where is the story <laughs> of the buck at and it's just gone wow. yeah so we've lost probably an hour and 40 minutes total since we've been doing this luckily so we've been yeah. we've been blessed we try to back everything up now and uh we have a a sign in here that says save everything yeah so that way we <laughs> double forget. save yeah double save because <laughs> yeah you know yeah, I understand, man. It's a, it's a sad thing when that happens. So you said that you get, you know, you talk, you're talking to all these big name professionals, and uh, is there what, what is like the, if you could say just a few things that you picked up that have like majorly changed the way you hunt because you you've been able to listen to these podcasts and do them. Is there anything that comes to mind that you, you decided to do or changed up that you were doing? Um. I mean, there, there are definitely things, and it's hard to put a finger on it. You know, like we were talking about earlier, I've done, well, we have 85 episodes out right now like in a series, but we've also done several other uh, bonus episodes and this kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to, like, put a thumb on certain things that are just, like, individual tactics or whatever you know and everybody i understand like everybody wants to hear like that tip or that tactic that's gonna help them kill deer you know but um you know, like i mean i guess one one of the things that is also like super beneficial that or that is one of my favorite things to have come out of podcasting is just the opportunity to um you know like go and meet people network with these people and like one of the opportunities in in particular we got to go to the trcp theodore roosevelt conservation partnership media summit the last two years and so like i'm you know rubbing shoulders with literally the people that that spend a lot of time in dc making and affecting decisions that are made about you know like how we hunt deer how we get to use public land what public land is available to us all i mean like huge issues i mean they're talking to, to advisors of trump this kind of thing you know so like that's important and i think that like one thing i've learned 
as a big general concept about that would be like considered maybe some kind of a tip or tactic as to like how we kill more deer is that like we've got to put more deer on the landscape in places you know i mean like i would say that you know hunting in east texas here is probably harder than where you guys hunt you know it's uh it's probably harder to see deer and shoot big deer and that kind of thing and that and i mean it's it's the same thing as like uh hunting public rather than hunting private elsewhere around where you know like where you guys live like you're probably going to see more deer or bigger deer on your private spot and the reason is because there's more deer there you know i mean that's that's the that's the thing so like i guess what i'm trying to get at is like conservation is very important and i know we all want to kill big deer but um and it's hard to spend time doing extra stuff other than like prepping for these big deer and learning these tips and tactics but like if we could put more on the landscape, then we would have a better chance. You know, it's the same thing with like, I think about this and I was just talking about Garrett Long, my buddy from Wild Sheep Foundation, you know, their motto is uh, something along the lines of like, put put and keep sheep on the mountain or something like that. And you think about it, like sheep, a sheep tag is like the holy grail. It's hard, it's harder to draw than anything. Uh, if you want to go on a sheep hunt, you can buy it, but you're going to be spending 20 grand to 60 grand or whatever it might be. And you, know, you can't afford, you may not can't afford that. And most people can't, I mean, but the one way to like get those sheep prices to decrease and there to be more tags is to put more animals on the landscape, plain and simple, you know? Yeah, I see so, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's like a weird way of answering your question. No, I think that's a good answer, but, man. Like, I mean, anything that you can do to help you know, help the wildlife or help, you know, even going to like a QDMA meeting or something and exactly. getting involved in that. I mean, it seems small, but you're, you know, you might be helping out at a benefit or something, or you might be able yeah. to help out at, you know, a youth event that they're doing, but then that makes other people think, well, maybe I could do, you know, they go to the youth event. Maybe I could do something to help too. You know, I think right, that's a yeah, good I answer. Mean, you've, you know, that, that's what you've gained. You've talked to a lot of people, and I know that's how a lot of your podcasts are, and that's why I like them because I think everybody that – well, not everybody. I'm not going to say that. But most people that hunt these animals actually care for these animals, you know, and we want yeah. we want, to, we want, we want our kids to be able to hunt them and our grandkids, you know, and we want, to, we want to teach them, you know, and we want to show them what it's about. And if they're not here, we're not going to be able to do that. So Yeah, that's right, man, and, and we're only getting more people on the earth, you know, and and that's a, a good thing in many ways, but it's uh, it's hard on wildlife for sure. I, you know? I was it's funny. I was just saying this to homie like before before we came to this. He was driving to my house to the studio here, and he was like, "I was like, I'm gonna stop at the gas station, you know, and grab some cold ones. It's Friday after work, you know. We're about ready to podcast." And I and I and I call him, and automatically we start talking about hunting. You know, that's what we do. You know, or <laughs> course, deer yeah. or whatever. And I was just. Like we work in a construction field, we both work on the railroad, so it's like, I mean, you don't, we don't have any preppy guys out there, you know, no city, really city guys out there even, where we work, mm-hmm. and none of them hunt. Like, none, some of them hunt, but they don't hunt like us. And yeah. I, that's exactly what I told him. I was like, people just like I'm, I show people trail camp picture, like, oh, it's baseball season. I'm like, I just, <laughs> I can't get jacked up about that, man. You know. Yeah. So, I understand, man. Yeah. That's a good opportunity for you to witness to them, though, about that. Yeah, and, um, that's what I was saying. Show like, them like, show them like there's, uh, 
and like you, you have to show them that there's more to, more than just killing the animal. You yeah, know? like there's it's the experience and everything else. It's the camaraderie, so, man. Because like I said, yeah, just, that too. And you want to like I and yeah, that's right, man. I mean, I, like I'm the committee chairman here in my little town uh, for the Ducks Unlimited for our Ducks Unlimited chapter, and it doesn't involve that much. Like I don't spend that much time per year on this thing. I mean, and it's one way that and I dude I go duck hunting one time a year now um pretty much once or twice a year i don't get to go like i used to man and i used to eat it up and it's just one of those things where um i like waterfowl man like if i'm out deer hunting and there's wood ducks slumming around on the on the little slough behind the stand or whatever i mean like that's a part of that experience that i enjoy as much as seeing deer you know walk around so sure so i mean yeah it's i mean i think getting involved like that man it doesn't take much time really. Like I said, I mean, I meet with my area chairman, uh, maybe like twice a year to, to do something. And it takes all of an hour or two for, for both times. And then we do like an event, uh, you know, for our city that takes, get, I have about six to eight hours in that's it, man, all year. And I'm yeah. the committee chairman. Like I lead this little town <laughs> in ducks unlimited. It's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not very much involved in it. So like, I would suggest people to do that. And, and you know, there's like you said, QDMA, if, I know you guys have a white to hunt podcast. So that's, you know, that's a, they're fighting for all kinds of legislation. They're working, um, you know, with the NDA national deer Alliance and they're, they're all helping each other TRCP and they're working against CWD. I know I'm throwing out a bunch of these, but right now, but you know, chronic wasting disease, um, and different diseases that affect deer herds across the country that eventually will affect hunter numbers because if we don't have opportunities, you know, I told KC this once and, and I still believe this, but if I was not like crazy about hunting and I spent a day or two or a weekend say on public land here in Texas, I would not hunt anymore. I mean, we don't, if we see, a doe family group come through on public here it's a good day you know i mean mm. we don't always see deer here and so uh, it's you know i look at it like man if i was a new hunter and i was like i don't really have a spot to go i'm gonna go to public and then i spent a weekend out there and didn't see anything i would stop hunting plain and simple and so you look at that and, and think about that and you know, our hunter numbers could decline really easily and they are declining right now. So yeah. I mean, not to like make this a doom and gloom podcast or anything, but man, we, you know, we need to put more deer on the landscape because it benefits us too. If we go out there and we see 40 deer in a night, we're gonna have a lot better time than if we see two, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. Anyway. But like you're saying, the, we had the opportunity this year and, and this winter and this coming year, we picked up a new piece of property and we're going to be able to do some of that management, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, it's pretty cool. Like you said about the, the ducks, this is a pheasant habitat. So we, we've already seen a couple of pheasants on it, which I, I've never even, I've never hunted pheasant, never shot a pheasant. I just think they're beautiful. They're super mm-hmm. cool birds, you know, they fly straighter than a dove. I know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we got to, we got, we, uh, mowed some fire breaks and we're going to do some burning on this property. And uh, we're going to plant some food plots next year for the bird, you know, for the pheasants. But it's, uh, you know, it's going to help 
the deer, you know, obviously too, but we're going to do some low browse for the birds in the winter, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to actually do that. And then we're also going to do some doe management on this property because it hasn't been hunted in at least five years, four or five years that we know of for sure by the neighbors and by the guy that, that, uh, told us or that owns the property. And it mm-hmm. has a lot of, a lot of does on it. So we're going to take a few does off, take some for the owner, take some, you know, for, for our families and, uh, hopefully make that a better place for pheasants and, and deer alike. You know what I mean? So, sure. Yeah. I mean, and that kind of like brings another point to mind and I guess the, we're still kind of on this question of like tips and tactics, you know, shooting does, man, is, is a great way to like get the jitters out when a buck comes in, you know, like if you shot a couple a doe or a couple does, you know, earlier in the year and that big buck comes in, it's a little easier to steady your pin on them, you know? And yeah. You got those, you're you got all that right. out of you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did I not exactly. just tell you so, that two yeah. hours ago? Yeah. Homie said that exact <laughs> thing. He's like, I just, I'm ready to, He's he's wanting some meat. He's low on meat. He didn't have a yeah. stellar year last year. I, I was, I'm not saying I was too much trophy hunting, but I had a, I had a couple opportunity. I had a couple does last year. I I did get one down with a bow, and you know we we ate right through that because the year before that I took you know meat to the locker, and then a whole situation went down, and I ended up with getting no meat. So then last year got one down, and then you know late shotgun season. I just had a couple of small does come by and I, I let them go because I mean, one, it was like four degrees, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and two, yeah, it was just going to be more work than, than, you know, what it was worth. I mean, really? So I, I'd yeah. passed them and now he's wishing and, he wouldn't. And, and here we are. I mean, I wish I would have shot one, I guess, yeah. but still wow. I'd be in the same boat now, even if I shot one. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't yeah. have to take the 30 pounds of meat from me. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew that was coming. No, I shot uh two does and a, a six and a half year old buck last year. So I got so much meat, man. Are you sure it was six and a half? Yeah. We got hate. Uh, we got, you got, you guys haters on your, on your guys's end, man. I don't know what man, it we, is. We've had, you know, we've had a few here and there, but yeah. uh, I love it. Yeah, I don't I love it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I've had uh, I've had more haters in the music industry. Oh uh, yeah, I can only imagine. Oh, I that. that is. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, you know, we've had I've got stories upon stories oh, yeah. for that kind of thing. So people don't like but when I, you're trying to make something, man. They yeah, they get they know. get it's, upset. What it's a uh, it's a it's I don't know. It's tough for me. I especially like last couple of years that I was touring hard, I really promoted because, you know, I was the leader of the band. So I had the opportunity to kind of on social and to kind of spread this message, but I really promoted like, um, like spreading, spreading love and not hate. I know it sounds super, uh, I don't know, not, it doesn't sound like a manly thing or anything. No, but, I love it. I, I love mean, it. honestly, man, there's so much, there's so much hate in this world. And, and, um, especially on social media, like it's so easy to go hate on somebody when you're kind of like a faceless person on on yeah. the internet and so keyboard warrior I, I i think if you spend that time lifting up something that you do like uh this world's gonna be a way better place if you <laughs> instead of yeah know, ask going, how many times i've told homie uncomfortably that i love him <laughs> like i mean i just he's he'd probably just text me back i love you too just to make me feel good but no, i'm all dude, about that uh, man yeah that's good man that's uh that's the that's how musicians are man like you know, playing with all these bands and stuff, you may see them every couple months. You may play a couple shows with them a month, or you may 
see them once a year and like every everybody you've played with you go up you give them a hug you tell them you love them that's just that's the music community man yeah. so it's it's cool because it's different I and mean, i grew up hunting and fishing um and here in east texas and playing football you know and so all those are like manly man things to do and and uh you know you're not supposed to have a ton of emotion and this kind of thing or whatever and and uh when i when i got kind of through college football and started touring really heavy um i i I got to really learn a lot about like people that are great people that don't necessarily act like the people i grew up around that are you know working in the hay fields or or playing football or hunting and fishing and that kind of thing it's a different community but um you know it was i learned a lot about just like how to how to address people and how to just be a be a like selfless and caring person you know so kind of a cool thing uh to get to experience a different world than what i had grown up in you know yeah we try to kill everybody with kindness yeah that's what i tell them <laughs> yeah just kill them with kindness man just yeah just but going back to what we were talking about before we got off on that super tangent <laughs> you know cody did a, a card pull a couple card polls on public and uh i don't it's a it's a weird piece of public and i don't have the opportunity to hunt it this year but cody called me and he's like hey man i'm going in pulling cams on public you know here we go he walks up to the first cam and he's thinking that this is not going to be like his stellar spot i mean giants what do you got three giants on there mm-hmm. three or two giants yeah and we talked about that for 45 minutes like, I don't even have the opportunity, but I'm pumped up for him yeah. to have the opportunity and, you know, hopefully be in the tree with him when it goes down and get it on film. So, you know, it's you got to be not so self-centered when it comes to, sure. you know, everything. It's hard to do, man. I mean, honestly, like all these brands are out there putting out huge deer and like it's hard not to to want that, you know, and especially you know like i find and i'm sure like i'll look back in 10 years and it'll be much different still but i find that like i am jealous less today than i was five ten years ago growing up or whatever of people shooting things you know or or, you know yeah same here i used to be gaining i used to be at that time where you know i only shot a couple nice bucks and i was like i mean i'm putting in a lot of work what's going on here and now like i told homie i'm just like I'm jacked for everybody, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's where I'm at right now. I just, I like it when people, you know, it, that's, if you say you're out there hunting for me or whatever, if you're successful and you're stoked about it, I'm happy. You know, that's, right. if you shoot a two and a half year old and that's your thing, you know, we got good friends that are like, man, if a hundred inch buck comes out, I'm jacked. I'm like, yep. you know, I see 30 of those a year, you know what I mean? But if yeah, that's what gets sure. you jacked. I'm freaking jacked for you right. because this, right. that's right. what hunting's about. It's just about, and, and that's what you, like you said, over the years, it's become more, it's become less about me and more about, you know, like I'm, I just showed homie my best set, like just a couple of days ago. Like, oh, yeah, here, here it is. Just in case you come out here and hunt when I'm not here, my best set that, in November. That was it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't let All him right. fool you. You know, it's about, it's about friendship and it's about, building a connection like through this podcast and and like you said the, the older i get the more i realize that there's a lot more out there than just shooting a giant deer everybody wants to do that but 
it's so much. It's it's just like I'm the I'm the guy's house in town where people when people shoot giant deer they bring them here, you know, and mm-hmm. like I don't care what time it is if it's one in the morning when they find them I get up and go outside and look at them, you know. That's just yeah. what I do, you know, and yeah. I I like that. They know if they bring it here, they're not going to get criticized if they shot it. They're, I'm just going to be stoked, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is that because you cape their heads out too? <laughs> no, they they. <laughs> I got a I got a garage that is nice enough to clean deer in, but not nice enough to worry about if it got dirty or not. Sweet. <laughs> so that's why I get these use, and uh, yeah. that you know I got it. I got I always have the buddy heaters and stuff running and keep it fairly try to keep it fairly warm in there so people bring them in. And the beer fridge. Yeah, and the beer fridge. It's always tough. That probably has like 90% of what it is. Let's get down to why it's really happening here. The beer fridge has always talked in my house, and I'm I'm not a greedy beer drinker. If I'm drinking, someone else is drinking with me, so... I hear you. That's probably you. why they're they're coming here. You so. think I'm showing up for this podcast every week because I like podcasting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's here for the free beer. Yes. <laughs> it's finally right. coming in out. The, yes. In the number one spot. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get back to some hunt stuff. We've been having a lot of fun sure. here. Let's do you guys do a lot of traveling to hunt and hunt in public? So uh what if you had any traveling to hunt like tips or different tactics? I know me and homie want to go out and kind of do what you did last year where you're sleeping out of your truck and stuff like that. What is just some tips that you could tell us that might make that trip better, you know, more comfortable, more successful? I was going to say, this yeah. is not tips for our listeners. This is tips for yeah, Cody and I. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, um, you know, it all it's kind of like uh, you were saying with your, your friends that, that I uh, get jacked up about a two and a half year old. It's all about the experience that you want, you know? So um, that like, that would be the first thing that you guys would probably want to set is like, what do I want out of this? Do I want to shoot a deer or do I want to shoot a buck or do I want to shoot a three-year-old buck or a five-year-old buck, you know, or is there a size that I want to shoot, you know, or what is it, you know, like, or do I want to hunt deer in the open country where I can see them? Or do I want to hunt the big woods? Because, uh, I think that's neat. You know, like you gotta, you gotta kind of like figure out what you want, I think, and make sure that you set your expectations for whatever experience that you want going in. Um, that way you're not just like sitting in the stand when a two or three year old buck comes in and you don't know what to do. Yeah. You're you know? trying to make decisions um, in the moment when, yeah, right. I get, that's a that's a so, rock solid tip, you know, because we yeah. really hadn't talked about no. what we're going out there for, you know. And in my yeah. mind, if I'm going out on like that, if a buck, if I'm like a buck, if it's on the edge, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you know, it's going down, yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of and like he's a little more picky than I am. Yeah, like so. I told homie, it's for for me just to like go do something like that. The hunting is that that's what we want to go for, right? It's gonna be secondary. But it's like, it's the drive out there. It's seeing stuff. Yeah. It's hanging out with homie for four or five days straight. You know, it's, yeah. you know, let's get back to the truck and crack some cold ones and talk about our plan for the next day. And you're just so yeah. absorbed in hunting and you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about what the boss told you to do tomorrow. You know, you're just thinking sure. about what, what are we going to, how are we going to make this happen? And that's what yeah, I want to do. You know, that's. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. And that's why we travel so much. I mean. We go, we go to the Rockies a lot, um, because you can kind of get that like Western experience without spending several hundred or thousand bucks on a tag. You know, you get to go, we fly fish. And so we're, 
were hunting fish in small streams for the most part, you know, and, and, uh, and we get that same experience and not to mention it's good practice for, you know, learning to truck camp, uh, when you go on a whitetail trip. And so, you know, you get to work on your system and everything. And I would say like, you know, traveling together is a big thing. You guys are doing that. It's a good thing. Cause you're going to get the entertainment. You're, you're going to get the, those fun things that happen that you both get to experience. You'll have stories that you can tell together. Uh, but then you get to split gas, you know, so it's more economical. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is part of your expectations. Do you want a truck camp or do you want to, you want to stay in a hotel? I want a truck camp. Yeah. We truck want it. a truck yeah. camp. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, you know, that's, that's, it's not that comfortable. A lot of times, oh, no, yeah. you know, and so like, if you want, if you want comfort and you make good money, I would say stay in a hotel. You know, like when I go with my dad, we stay in a hotel just because he's going to pay for it and I'm fine with that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to watch football on TV, you know, and basketball and eat chips and salsa or whatever. Oh, so, man. um, you know, but like when chips Casey and, and I go, we're a couple of, you know, young cats that are, you know, trying to justify this trip to our, our wives or whatever, you know, we, we're trying to cut costs everywhere. And, and so we're, um, you know, we're truck camping. And I think that like, uh, preparing food before making sure that you take like hard fruits, like apples and those kind of things that don't get smushed in backpacks and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, that you've got like good quality food to eat so that you're not, cause when you're truck camping, like you're going to wake up and your eyes are going to be puffy for a long time. Like you're going to be tired and you need, you need, you need to not eat junk food the whole time, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I actually wrote an article about this, um, that's on Whitetail DNA blog. Uh, Alex posted it, I think a month or so ago, but it's all about travel. And I talked about different things like this. Um, you know, you want to like, we make deer soup a lot and cause it's, it's easy. You throw a bunch of stuff in there. It's good for you. And you can eat it with saltines and you can heat it up in the back of a truck bed with a pocket rocket and some butane and, and skill it, you know. So yeah. What I mean, what is the ingredients of this deer soup? Man, I like to cook, so I can't really tell you it's different every time, but I'll I'll let me run through a few of them, I guess. You know, deer would be a key ingredient. I right. Think. <laughs> uh, uh we I like to put potatoes in there, just dice them up. Uh, onions. I like celery in mine. Some people don't. Uh, lots of tomatoes. I put um, usually some kind of like chicken bouillon um, in there and um, carrots a lot of times. It's usually like whatever I have that's going to go bad in the next week in the fridge, you know? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and, I'm in on it. That sounds I mean, great to me. That's kind of the way I live, you know? I try to just be as economical and frugal as possible. And, and then, uh, uh, we usually put like a can of tomato paste or, and, and or a couple of cans of like Rotel cause I like spicy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you can put that in there and then, man, I ain't had um, supper yet. Push the pause button, go get a hot pocket, come back. There you go. So the, so the way I normally do it is I, uh, I brown the meat with, or I, I, I put butter and onions in there, let them kind of caramelize just a little bit, brown the meat. And then add everything else in. And usually, uh, like six six to eight cups of water or whatever, I cover it. And um, and then, oh, uh, red wine vinaigrette is the key ingredient. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the recipe. And, man, like I said, you can carry a huge Tupperware thing of it with you in the ice chest. 
and you just pull it out. We got a skillet, you know, you throw the skillet on top of your isobutane and your pocket rocket or whatever you've got to warm things up and you're eating good for like several days you know Heck yeah so and cheap too what, you know yeah exactly it's it's cheap it's it, it that's works, definitely you know? that's definitely i i uh it was late it was about nine o'clock at night but i was talking to my wife and i said hey, what do you think about me <laughs> using some of my vacation next year to go on you know a whitetail hunt out of state and i go to missouri a lot you know i got family ground down there my grandpa's okay. ground down there it's southern missouri you know, if I if a one thirty walks out, it's probably go getting it. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. So that uh, I go down there for rifle season because it's just kind of like a family deal. You know, me and my grandpa go out opening morning rifle season. You know, we've been doing it for a long time. Get to visit with my grandma and she cooks baller food. Man, it's just she's grandmas she, tend to do. Oh, that. she's right. she's <laughs> late sixties and she'll put a pork loin on the smoker and smoke it all day and then. <laughs> Finish it off with some homemade applesauce and just, oh mm. man, dude, it's incredible. But anyways, yeah. So I go down there, but I told her, it, it was, like I said, it was about, it was late. It's about nine, but she's like, yeah, you could probably do that, you know? So I was like, oh, I got the okay. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to ask. Sweet. I'm just going to yeah. plan it and then be like, this is when I'm going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. So like you well, said. the deal, dude, is like, y'all, y'all live there in Illinois. It's like, it's kind of hard to leave that state, I would think, you know, and yeah. find much better hunting. So you know i i understand and that's one thing and and that's i mean but like you said it's all about what you want out of the experience so if you want to go visit new country and adventure which is what i like to do then then yeah you're going to want to get out of state but you also at the same time have set your expectations that um like a 130 if you were to come down here and hunt with us uh we don't have we've been running trail cameras almost non-stop for two and a half years or so on public land here in texas in the eastern half of texas and we i could count on one hand the number of 130s we have on camera i mean yeah so it's just and that's just and i'm not trying to make anybody feel sorry for us because we dude i'm telling you what if i see a three or four year old deer this year and i shoot him it's going to be like the most hard-earned most pump sesh deer that i've ever had you know like i'm just gonna be so excited man. i'm ready to see it so ready yeah. To see it. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. i mean but that's that's the thing is like you got to know like where you're going try to find out what a yeah what a good deer is relative to that area yeah to me like as I, good as yeah. illinois stuff you know? i see what you're saying yeah there's no way like we could go out there and expect because we we've been watching guys on instagram and facebook which that's what and the early season stuff is what we want to do you know we're oh, sitting yeah. back here just jonesing to go, you know, because yep. I already missed some of the rut to go down to Missouri during rifle season. So I don't want to miss like any more of Illinois deer season. You know what I mean? Like right. you said, it, we're, we're centered in a very good place to hunt. We have some, we, we, we're really lucky to have some incredible bucks that I've been chasing for years on trail camera. You know, I mean, just mm-hmm. great, great deer. And uh, we want we want to get those deer down to bring this story that I've been building for three years to life, you know. But uh, that early season stuff, man, that's what we want. We want when we're sitting here yeah. jonesing to go out. We want to be out like chasing a velvet buck, you know. And yeah. I'm telling you what, if a if a one twenties come in velvet, I probably wouldn't pass it out there for especially the first time I went, you know. Right. If right. if a buck is gonna get me jacked, but going out there in my mind. I'm th- I'm thinking I'm not going to shoot anything. The fir- especially the first or second year, 
because we're going out there, we're going blind. You know, we're just rolling in there. <laughs> a couple of young jokers gonna just be hanging stands and moving and running, doing what we can. You know, but we're gonna be we're gonna be hunting like we're hunting here instead of out there. So it's gonna be completely messed up. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But I'd yeah, be. I, I know, man. I, I'm with you too. I've been. It's hard to sit here and watch uh, these guys hunt the whole month of September for deer and and uh, sit around and wait on October. You know, first of October for us or whatever, and a lot of a lot of states. So it's tough, man. And and you know, like I said, KC's on that elk hunt, and I uh, we actually I, my elk hunt kind of fell through. I was I didn't uh, pick up one of the leftover tags that I was looking for, but um, so I ended up not going with him this year. They go they go a long ways, man. I mean, you might as well almost drive to Montana by the time you drive where they're driving. So I've done that, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was just, you know, I just decided cause I'd been to British Columbia the two previous years on a sheep hunt, uh, filming for a guy and, and, uh, went elk hunting with Casey last year. We had several close calls and our buddy Brennan shot a nice one and this and that. We had a great time last year, but I just, I thought, man, if I can just stay, stay at home here in September, earn some brownie points when october late october happens man it's gonna be on you know so i just gotta i gotta have some patience and kind of like i talked about earlier just not let the uh social media you know frenzy like get me into a into yeah. a frenzy i yeah, guess for sure know? what's so, your plans on travel are you going to travel anywhere this year or you gonna yeah try we'll it? probably go back uh there to kansas um that's just been a place that i've traditionally hunted for 13 or 14 years now we had family up there and and uh so we start my dad took us all up there you know myself and a couple of our buddies and we started hunting up there and i've been up there ever since and it's one of those places that i don't know if i'll ever not hunt there as long as i can and just because of the the memories and the tradition and that kind of thing and uh we we were, I actually was one of, I think I was like one of like 20 guys that didn't draw the unit I put in for in Iowa this year that had the same number of points as I did. So I, uh, I was one of the unlucky few, uh, we were planning on doing a trip to Iowa or probably a couple trips to Iowa to hunt this year. So I'll be waiting another year on that. And, um, I don't know, we've got a couple other things that we've been eyeing but uh we're gonna focus really heavy here in texas kansas and uh you know once casey gets back from colorado and we've i mean i traveled a lot the last couple of years and we just got back from montana where we did the trcp summit so i've been traveling a lot just not for deer you know and so it kind of when you get home you almost don't want to go somewhere for a little bit but uh i know when when october late october gets here i'm gonna be itching to go as many places as i can yeah <clears throat> I know uh, one thing that we want to want to hit on here. You know, we're get we're getting deep now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we want to hit on your hunt for nameless. Uh, you know, just like Cody was saying, we're trying to get something lined up to get get out of our normal pattern. You know, October first. You know, we're getting ready. We're getting going. But you know, just like you said, we're watching these guys the whole month of September just, you know, shoot velvet bucks. And then, you know, you got the bloody racked bucks hitting the ground. Then you got bucks, you know, that are starting to transition to their fall patterns. So we're trying to get something lined up and, 
you went up to North Dakota and made it happen on public ground. So let's get into the story of this nameless buck here. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just this was in Kansas. I'm sorry if oh. uh, that was confusing, but yeah, we were actually in Kansas on this. Okay. On the nameless buck. And uh, what time of year was this? This was in the rut, man. Uh, I believe the day I shot the deer was on the 10th of November. So in in the in the video, one thing that I want to know is you you seen this buck coming from you know in the video you said five hundred yards. Um, at what point did you know that this buck was gonna end up being twenty yards away? <laughs> um, man, when he was thirty three yards is when I knew he would probably end up <laughs> at twenty three. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, he, you know, we, like I said earlier, we've hunted, we've hunted in, in Kansas and it's a great state, but I mean, they, there are places in, in a lot of states out there. You know, as far as travel goes, like I suggest, you know, you, you know, if you're listening, go and go and explore, man. This, there's just so many places you don't have to go where, I mean, yeah, Illinois, Illinois is a great state, but don't, don't just go, you know, there because it's traditionally great like do a little research find somewhere in nebraska or you know north dakota or whatever where you know because there's just some awesome country to explore out there so that's my little plug for just traveling and, and especially you know public land but you know even knocking on doors and that kind of thing but yeah this deer we had we had uh no clue that he was anywhere around um i i had been hunting with my dad on some private you know, like we, like I said, for a long time and we hunted, uh, two days or two hunts prior and, uh, we had a wind shift that was not going to set up good for my stand location on this other piece of private. So I was like, man, let's just go, let's go sit some public maybe. And so Casey, of course, had done some map scouting. That's his favorite thing to do. And he had a spot and he was like, Hey, let's check this out. It's like, man, the wind doesn't set up well for it, but you know, let's just go sit and see what we see we got no other options really here anywhere and and uh, we'll go see what happens and it's just public spot if we burn it out whatever we'll be back here on private the next day or so so we ended up hunting we, we did a hanging hunt that next morning when the wind shifted in the dark it was so dark and uh i could suggest if you get a chance don't do hanging hunts in the morning, do them in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's, uh, it's tough, but we ended up uh, actually hanging that morning in the same tree that I shot the deer out of the next morning. Um, I had a great morning, saw deer running everywhere. And then, then that evening had a shooter in that same area that, that the nameless buck came from. Uh, he was with a, with a doe and uh, he just was not going to make it to us by dark. And he was moving, the wind switched right at sunset. It was nuts. The wind switched probably 90 degrees and it was, uh, he was going to pick up our wind if we had given it another five or 10 minutes. So we only had about 15 minutes of while left. We left, got down and left. And then next morning when we came back, it was, it was cold for us, man. I mean, I'm from Texas. So like y'all were saying four degrees earlier, I, don't know, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw four degrees here. I don't know if it's ever happened, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, you know, it, it was like 30, low 30s and blowing pretty, pretty hard, like 20 miles an hour. So it was just cutting us, you know, no, no, not a whole lot of trees to block the wind and that kind of thing. And, um, 
Anyway, we're sitting there at about eight, and I'm just like, kind of have had a bad attitude, which KC does a lot of. That's one thing KC does great. He's always got a positive attitude. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, Dad, come it, man. We hadn't even seen that many deer, and we'd already seen like eight deer. You know, I don't even know what I was thinking. And uh, I, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I'm starting to make plans for the afternoon, and then I uh, started glassing, and uh, yeah, right out there, like four or five hundred yards. Uh, I see horns and uh, in through the CRP and, and junk and and uh, he's not really coming at us at first. He's kind of going off to our left. He's way out there, and so I'm like, man, there's a good buck, shooter buck out there, but he's a long ways. And so like we watch him for a couple minutes, and he kind of turns and starts pretty much walking directly at us. And I'm I'm not I'm not thinking anything at this point. Like there's nothing. There's no way he's coming to us you know he's so far away and there's not it's not like we're in a special spot by any means like we're not even between him and ag or anything you know so um we definitely now that i look at it i understand why he came to us but um anyway he starts coming at us and then breaks off after about 75 yards and starts heading back to the left i'm like yep typical you know and uh and he starts going that way, and then he cuts back in. He's going straight at us again. And he kind of does this little stair-step deal um, until he gets to about probably 200 yards, 250 maybe out. And then he pretty much just starts coming straight at us. And, you know, you can see this all on the film. And, uh, I mean, he just – he looks so heavy. I still look back at that moment where he's like 200 yards out, and he's just so heavy looking. And he's coming, and uh, he basically gets to kind of a tree line that we're on. Uh, I'd say about 70 yards out and he cuts back to the left again and cuts into this tree line and we pretty much lose him for a second. <clears throat> and I'm thinking he's just going to, cause we had seen several does go that way. And I'm thinking he's just going to cut their track and head that way. He's just cruising, you know, and he ends up, I can see him start coming through this little brush here and there, you know, and he's like getting closer. He's kind of coming at us and he comes through this cut in this cottonwood tree and the cedar tree. And at that point, I'm like, man, like there's a chance. I didn't have a grunt call with me. I might have had a grunt call. I don't remember. I don't think I did, actually. I think KC took it out of my bag for some reason. But didn't have rattling horns or grunt call or anything. So I was thinking I can do a pretty loud snort wheeze with my mouth. And so at this point, I'm thinking if I need that, I might can call him in. Like he can probably hear me even though it's blowing 20 miles an hour. And uh, he keeps coming. And he gets – he basically comes out on the side of this big fat cedar tree that's like 35 yards and sticks his head up in it and starts raking a limb and he's literally like i arrange it he's at 33 yards and i had a shot but there's some grass and stuff in the way and i had and so like to answer your question that's when i knew that point i knew he would probably end up at 20 yards because we had had a little buck come down this almost this exact same trail right there where he rubbed his head and end up in an open spot at about 20 yards so i just put faith in the and didn't didn't hurry the shot and take, you know, something that I wasn't comfortable shooting through that grass and stuff. You know, I didn't want to, I'm just like the, one of the, my least favorite things about deer hunting is tracking a deer that hasn't been hit good, you know, and especially like I've been sitting in a stand where a buddy didn't make a very good shot because he didn't take his time and didn't, you know, shoot at the right time and just kind of let buck fever get the best of him. And I'm like, head gummit, dude, if you'd have just, if you'd have just done this, we could have, we could find this deer so easy, you know, and you end up spending miles and miles and miles ch chasing deer. 
and so that like i said that's one of my least favorite things so i just decided i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a chance to come closer and open up in this little matted down spot and he did man and and uh, i ended up holding the bow for like 45 seconds and and i didn't really ever feel too uh, you know, I felt comfortable holding it that long. I don't know how much longer I would have been able to hold it, but, uh, you know, at 23 yards or whatever, uh, I was not shaking really at, at all that I worried about it. And I put it right where I wanted to. I was probably a little forward of where I needed to be, but when he turned, I had assumed I kind of, my, I guess my perception, I assumed that he was a little more broadside than he actually was. And it was right in the crease, as we like to say, so... Yeah, it looked perfect to me. He didn't make it very far, did he? No, he probably ran 110 yards, and he had been dead a long time. We came back. We found him four hours later. Uh, we we went in, to, in and got something to eat and, you know, ended up coming back, just giving him some time. And, uh, you know, I have a I've, I had a buddy that uh, a couple of years before we were filming, and he shot a deer, and it looked good, and there was blood everywhere, and we bumped the deer like an hour after we shot him. And so I just, since then, I'm just, I just try to do everything very conservatively when it comes to tracking deer, you know? Yeah, me too. I'm always, I'm always the guy that wants to wait and people are like, you want to wait that long? Yeah. You, yeah. you wait an insane amount of time. Yeah. Homie thinks I wait, but I lost a mega, <laughs> I lost a mega giant. Well, yeah. Homie really? hasn't lost a mega no. giant yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> I lost, Meg- I, I lost <laughs> one. I got sheds off of, from two years before and he was a giant then so <laughs> he was in the 180s probably Golly. yeah and and uh, i jumped him up with two other guys 15 yards away got two shots off him with a bow through the brush they, they seen it they're like that's the biggest deer we've ever seen on hoof had a huge drop tine on him just just anything that you'd ever want in a deer <laughs> <laughs> mass Man, character drop you know uh let him set a long time and jumped him yeah. I've never seen him again. So well, took four days I, off work. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's tough, man. We had, you know, I don't want to get into another long story, but we did a podcast with my buddy I was talking about earlier. And, you know, it's not a 180, but it's probably about a, I don't know, upper 130s class eight point, you know, like a real solid deer. And, and uh, he shot him and he was ha- trying to heart shoot, I think. And, and uh, best I can figure is, is a lung and single lung and liver hit. But uh, long story short, over the next 30 hours, we chased this deer seven miles. And uh, and he shot he shot at the deer. He got two more shots of the deer and hit him once. But it kind of like it was like above the spine kind of shot. So it didn't do anything at all except for just. Uh, you know, like I hate to be crude about it, but just like shish kebab him, you know, I mean, right. yeah, yeah, it was not a good deal. And that, I mean, that deer was, the deer was running 30, 30 hours later, he was still running with, mm-hmm. I guess, one lung and a punctured liver. I mean, I thought it was a hard shot when I've watched it back on film several times, there was blood everywhere. And the next day we went in to, to find this deer after we had bumped him, we went in to find him the next day and he and we get on both sides of this creek, and it's pretty thick creek. We can't see each other, cedars and everything. And this deer, I don't have my bow with me because it's not my deer, and it's been 24 hours since we shot him. So I'm, he's dead, you know, in my opinion. 
uh, and he's been sitting there all night in the cold dead, you know, so, uh, we start walking this Creek and I get about 150 yards down the Creek and on my side, of course, he jumps, jumps up. I hear something. He jumps up at 20 yards and stands there broadside, just hurt, couldn't do anything hardly at all. And kind of jogs up the hill and walks off and we chase him from that point about five miles and that's where he got two more shots i know it's kind of a long story but no yeah that's 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 how i mean i just as far as like tracking and stuff that's why i'm so hesitant i'm the same way man i feel you there i'll say one thing for you and for the listeners if you spine shoot a deer put another arrow in it (laughs) get up yeah oh yeah he got yeah he uh a doe seen me draw spooked um i shouldn't have Uh, send it i send it anyways (laughs) Yeah. Uh, spined him, uh, dropped dead, like lights out. First thing I do, like a dumb shit, grab my phone. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. put I just put a target buck down that I've been hunting for a couple of years, mega giant. Uh, I'm looking at the shed right on the table right I said, now. Sorry, why I'm do we laughing. keep that there? Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> we keep this shed that just demoralizes it's me. Sick. Yeah, every yeah. year got a big split on it. The G2 <laughs> is just bladed. He's probably like a. A 142 years before I shot him. Yeah, <laughs> that's solid Golly. 148. You know, with splits, and yeah, uh, yeah I spined him, dropped him, uh, 30 yards, done. Uh, I'm on the phone, and he get he starts pawing with his front hoofs and gets up, and I jumped him 12 hours later. Ugh, God, Let him set for 12 hours and jumped him, and now homie's like, why don't you go? If I don't see the deer crash, I do not go look for that deer. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so. it's a that's a weird thing. I, we uh, I had never seen or ex- on you know any video or anything or experienced a, a spine hit that happens like that. But uh, I think two years ago, maybe it was last year, KC shot a uh, you know a decent sized little hog, uh, little boar that we had uh, come through in a group out on public here in Texas, and he's and he was all jumpy too. Same thing, and he kind of jumped the string a little bit, and find him and that sucker goes down squealing just hard breaks the arrow and and then thinks about it for a second and then just gets up takes off running i'm like how does that happen that's just yeah weird that's exactly what happened to mine it was it was uh what oh yeah yeah sorry (laughs) homies homies pointing at stuff on the screen and he's just pre pre pre-gaming for the the minutes to come but yeah i spined him (laughs) And he was literally antlers on the ground, like laid out. His face was away from me. He was on his side, laid out. I was like, it's it's over. I mean, I I just accomplished, like, this would probably be the biggest deer I shoot in my lifetime. You know, that's what I'm thinking in those moments, you know. And then the disaster happens. (laughs) That's so tough, man. Because I got another shot at him while he was going away, too, but. Man, I think we could podcast with you for about three hours and not ever have a problem. <laughs> We're about an hour and 12 minutes in here. So uh, yeah, go ahead and let the people know where to find you, where to find the element, and then any any other. Uh, this is opless, open for shameless plugs all the way around <laughs> right now. Cool, man. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I guess I'll start since I kind of started with this, uh, the music stuff, uh, com. Uh, it's tribe like a tribe of Indians. It's kind of hard to understand Texas when they say those long eyes, but um, that's uh, you can find that's kind of the hub for what we do. But it's all you know, 
all the when I do social media a little bit here and there with that stuff, but since we're not touring, I don't keep up with it a whole lot. I'm definitely uh, gonna be checking that out. I love yeah, music, man. I don't know anybody that likes hunting and doesn't love music. So that's true. That's, there's a lot of them, and and uh, we're working. We're we just actually I've been my producer's been sending me clips all day, but we just uh, cut a new album this summer up in Tulsa, and uh, I'm really really stoked about it. It's been five years since we did an album, and this one's just. A lot man, more mature. Man, you're like living the dream. Concepts. You're like a rock star shooting big deer <laughs> on public. I mean, yeah, dude, it sounds like it, but man, it's uh, it's a tough life. <laughs> it's man. a it's struggle. A lot of work. <laughs> it is. Uh, I've I literally pretty much am doing something from the time I get up to about 10 p.m. at night. I'm working on things and yeah, and uh, I don't suggest that for a lot of people. Really, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, props for you, man. Anybody. I'm just saying it's it's honestly like it. You know, at some point I, I have to, I struggle, I battle like internally with like how much, how much time should I spend with my wife and my kids, my family, you know, how much time should I really be working, you know, and this and that. So Yeah, yeah uh, I feel you there. Don't People don't understand how long it takes to make a show, line guest up, produce oh, yeah. it, put it out, and then you're doing the filming on top of that, the traveling and the music on top of that. So I don't, that's some next yeah. level stuff, you know, so props to you, <laughs> yeah, man. That, well, thank you. That uh, it's fun, man. I'll, I'll say that I wouldn't do any of it if it wasn't fun. It, it, you know, for the most part, and you know, I, uh, you know, film's my passion, and that's where I, you know, I started doing hunting films. I was in, I had a camera. You know, that was the first thing I wanted when I was thirteen. I, they asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said I want a handy cam. You know, it's I started shooting with that, and since then it's evolved into this higher production value thing. I'm a, I'm actually my main gig is a wedding videographer. Uh, so I do quite a few, you know, enough weddings, high end weddings to keep me through the year, to keep me real busy. And, well, I bet you those are pretty solid. So, the way you told the story <laughs> of nameless, I bet you that's a pretty <laughs> solid film. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's where I learn a lot, you know, I mean, that's how I learn a lot of my, the th- my techniques, I guess, is just, uh, I've been shooting for a long time and I started shooting with some buddies. We started doing the outdoor thing and we needed, extra gear so we started a wedding films business and that's kind of how we justified making money and spending it on gear you know so yeah i don't blame you there um, man i was saying forget the forget telling the wife we're making a band a band we're we're doing wedding parties now. yeah we're doing photography <laughs> that's what yeah, we're going to tell yeah. them all yeah, this film so. equipment we just bought this year yeah the thousand dollars we spent yeah that's all for we're doing we're we're photographers now don't lowball us now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so Anyway, yeah, but uh, so I, I do that, you know, kind of stuff too. And and uh, uh, far as the element goes, you know, we're I think all of our social is uh, at the element podcast or, you know, Facebook would be backslash the element podcast. Uh, I think they're all set up to that. And you can find uh, our hub for that is the element dot com. And so uh, if you want to check anything out, we've got some of our films on there. Uh, I think Nameless is on there and a couple of times and on different different pages and stuff. So yeah, you can, you can find pretty much everything you need there. And I like the short know. film for scar too. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 We didn't have a whole lot. That was, that was a, like, that was the first uh, season that Casey and I started filming together and he got married that year. So we didn't even hardly start filming until late November really. So we didn't have a whole lot of footage. I like uh, how you still put it there. out though. That props to you guys for putting that out. You know, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool great buck was, and that's how it goes man that's real I world I, it is real world man I, I i was crushed more than he was i guarantee you he's got that like 
eternal positive attitude that I, I struggle to find sometimes, but must be the it, flow. It, it, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> that deer jumped out of his skin, man. Yeah, it so. did. I was like, you slow motion. And I'm like, man, that is insane. But yeah, we filmed a, a doe last year. I had just shot a doe out of the blind and it was at 40 yard, a little over 40 yards and she ducked. And then I had a buddy in there. And he shoots a longer axle axle bow, and he ended up hitting the blind. And I was amazed by how much you could slow that down and see that doe ducking. It was incredible. Man, yeah, it's it. They're they're a crazy cool animal, you know. And one thing, we had Carl Miller, like I said earlier on the podcast, and he talked about deer vision. They actually process movement at like four times the speed of humans. So, in other words, like he's seeing the deer would be seeing that arrow and that bow go off and that arrow coming at them at like 25%, you know, so four times slower than what a human can see. So like, wow, it raises some questions in your mind about, you know, shooting a deer that are looking at you or whatever, you know, sure. it's uh anything it's a crazy that's alert you know? alert yeah that's, yeah that's it's key. nuts man i'm telling you it's that's one of the most intriguing things to me over the last several years has been i don't know how, how i missed that episode on your podcast because i've listened to which, a ton which, of them which one the one where it's, he had the vision specialist on what was his name uh, dr carl miller he's a carl. professor at uh georgia University i'm gonna i'm gonna georgia. listen to that one like tomorrow Dude, i'm telling you <laughs> it's it's good man like and that, that's not like a plug for me by any means like yeah. he, i mean i suggest uh, you know, there's a lot of great info in there and he's a super nice guy. And, uh, he's, he's actually working on some, some, some kind of, uh, industry type stuff in the future. So we might keep a, keep tabs on him as far nice. as what he might have to sell in the future. But yeah. anyway, cool dude. What's, uh, what's the white tail DNA? Is that, are you part of that? Uh, I just contributed on his blog, but that's our buddy, Alex Comstock. Um, he's, uh, you know, for whitetail people out there, he's a blogger. Um, he, he actually shot a velvet deer this year. We just did a, uh, what we do these big buck breakdowns. And when one of our friends shoots a buck and Alex shot one in velvet and actually in North Dakota and, um, yeah, cool guy. He has a, he's really, uh, he's a young cat, but he's really, really knowledgeable and, uh, write some really cool like short form articles they're not like too long and so they're real easy to read and digest and yeah, does he, he have a facebook page uh yeah he does okay um, yeah i'm definitely gonna follow actual... that so yeah, i'll just okay, search yeah. whitetail dna and i definitely want to check out that traveling blog that you did i think we'll get a ton of detail from that because that we're, we're uh we're about 95 percent go on that you know <laughs> that's good so. it's it's awesome I, I love traveling and like i said I don't know. One thing I, I kind of talk about in this, in that, that blog, you know, just to kind of hit on the travel again, real briefly. I, you know, I traveled, like I said, I, I, I toured in bands for nine years. And when you're getting a band going, there's nothing easy about it. It's one of the hardest things to do. And one of the hardest lifestyles to kind of maintain. And, um, I've slept on a lot of floors. I mean, I slept, I can remember sleeping on a floor in Nashville at a buddy's house who hadn't been there in a month cause he traveled and waking up with ants crawling all over me <laughs> on, on a, a wood floor. You know? so, Your pockets I mean, were just, full of Cheetos, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I just, I have, I have lived, I'm used to living uncomfortably, I guess you could say, you know, like, you know, just 
I have always lived in pretty small and uncomfortable situations and it doesn't bother me. But if you're not used to that, traveling and trying to do it rough at first might be kind of tough. I mean, you might want to grab a hotel every third day or something like that, you know, so that you can shower up and get a good night's sleep and not be so exhausted the next day. I mean, so yeah, I, I don't know. We might, I, we might grab a, that might be a good idea. Grab a yeah, shower. I mean, and... I, I highly suggest doing that here and there. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, like a lot of guys, like you got to grind it out for two weeks and you got to get up every morning and every evening you got to hunt and this and that. And I'm a big proponent for, if you're not having fun and you're starting to get to where you're just like dreading, going to the stand and waking up in the morning, like sleep in for a day, you know, yeah. cause you'll, you'll hunt harder the rest of your trip, you know? So, for sure. I mean, that's, those are a couple of more little tips, I guess, for traveling. I've been traveling. I mean, we travel to hunt and fish and stuff, but like I've been traveling for years before that. And yeah. I pretty much have lived out of a duffel bag probably more than I've lived out of a house. So I've traveled a lot, but it was more of uh always in a hotel, you know, just working. But yeah, I went out to Idaho and took a trout fishing charter. That is some yep. of the funnest times. And then I did a lot by myself on the Kootenai River out there. Yeah. Oh yep. man, it's just absolutely gorgeous down by Libby, Montana yep. and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. I actually took a charter and I was doing some research and I guess you were talking about cutthroats earlier. Yeah. I guess the West Slope cutthroat is mm-hmm. kind of a pretty rare fish. And I yep. took a charter to just catch that fish and I ended up catching two of them. And, That's uh, cool. One was like 13 or 14 inches, and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a trout specialist, but he's saying that was a pretty good fish. And I tried to get it a replica made because uh-huh. you're not allowed to take them, you know, because they're, I don't know if they're endangered or they're just protected. Yeah, but, uh, most of the native cutthroats are protected. Yeah, he was like, I, I can't even get a mold. They don't even make a mold for that. <laughs> I was really? Like, I was like, oh, okay. So I took pictures of the measurements and stuff. I still got them. I actually kept Dude, I my. I uh, you could find somebody with a mold, man. Yeah, I actually kept I, my uh, Montana like fishing license or fishing license because uh-huh. I, I was gonna like save that, you know. And uh, I actually had to buy an Idaho week fishing license and then a Montana, but I, I kept gotcha. those fishing license so I could like put that with a mount to tell the story more. But I mm-hmm. wasn't able to to get that mounted because he said there wasn't a mold for him because they're but yeah i i well, dig the trout fishing man that's yeah it's super cool dude, I, just to be I way out there find a, a mold for it somewhere dude because i um i grew up on lake fork here in texas and if anybody is in the bass fishing world listening right now they know where it's at it's world famous bass largemouth bass fishing lake and so i mean and my dad uh ran has run a fishing lodge for 25 years and so like I've been around fishing guides and taxidermists and stuff like that. And I mean, these guys, like they, they'll find dead fish and, or that, you know, like game wardens will bring in a dead fish and they'll give it to a taxidermist so he can make a mold out of it. You know? So I would yeah. think somewhere out there, there's a there's mold, a mold that for a cut looks sl- like a cutthroat, cutthroat you know, or whatever. West, and I mean, it's a it, West slope cutthroat trout. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to be similar to several species yeah. of cutthroat so that like all they got to do is paint it like a, like a West slope, you know? Yeah. I'd see what you're saying. So, yeah. yeah only, I, I guess I only asked a couple of taxidermists if that's what they could do. And one's really wasn't went into fish and the other one was big into fish, but he said he couldn't do it. So, but I'm, yeah. you know, this is Midwest taxidermist. And when someone brings a trout <laughs> to them, they're probably like, what, is, <laughs> what does this guy yeah. want? You know? 
yeah, I ain't got, I've never painted a trout before. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. All right, man. Anything else you want to hit with us for website wise or where they can find you? Or? Man, I mean, I think we've pretty much touched on it. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me, man. It's yeah, this has time. been a blast, man. This has been awesome. How does it feel to be on the other end of the podcast? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just a conversation, man. You know, I, I uh, sometimes you have guests that are hard to talk to and don't carry a conversation very well, and that's kind of the nature of uh, the solo whitetail hunter sometimes, but um i think when you get two podcasters together it's not a bad deal no yeah we just (laughs) i kept looking at the time like man we're just flowing here you know this is (laughs) this is no big deal at all but yeah i uh just to the listeners check their stuff out man you know we we're really big on you know we everybody we come on you know we want we want to talk to people we relate and these two guys they're just genuine you know just just a shout out to you even your intros are just super genuine. You can tell that you guys are in it for the right reasons. You just want to get a story out, have fun doing it. Um, big shout out to your buddy. Uh, I think me and him would get along real good too. <laughs> a- anybody with you know with that kind of style, <laughs> I, I think I could get along with. He just yeah. you know I'm I I saw, I I feel like me and him. I'm always the like people are like, why are you always happy or why are you just? I'm like I don't know. That's just who I am. You know I just I like. I like giving people shit and having a good time and, and having fun, you know? I don't know. And your yep. guys' review of the stealth cam that got yeah. flooded with water, like, <laughs> it's a six-minute video about a trail camera, but yeah. your guys' charisma, energy, and everything, it gets you through it. Like, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching, I'm just like, man, these guys, yeah. like, it's probably hard to just sit there behind a table and talk about a camera that got ruined in a flood, Yeah, but... <laughs> You guys make moments. it entertaining, yeah. yeah like, you guys made it cut now, yeah. and you're just like, do 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 do, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah so. we. It's hard. Uh, it's hard not to have a good time around that KC man. He's yeah. He's full of energy, and I uh, honestly, you know, throughout the years, I've I've worked with a lot of people uh, creatively, and and uh, I just can't imagine that uh, I would ever have a problem with KC really, you know. Other than the fact that he tends to show up late a lot of times <laughs> he, he looks like, like cody he looks like he would show up late he looks yeah, like, he i don't think he's ever been early that's sure. yeah, yeah he looks like a, he would show up late yeah it's funny because he's in he's in colorado right now like i said but uh you know brennan we've got a film called spiked out it's uh it's from our elk hunt last year and uh brennan was the guy that was he's real good buzz with kc he actually killed a bull on that trip that we were all on and uh so brennan was texting me he's like man i wish i was in colorado with casey right now have you heard anything and uh i was like no nah, i hadn't heard anything he's supposed to call me yesterday but he's not always prompt and and brennan you know laughed or whatever and made this and it's an inside joke but in the film uh we're supposed to leave we slept on the way up there we pulled over a truck stop and slept we we're supposed to leave at seven at 6 30 and that's when we we're supposed to be pulling out well it's 6 30 and there's, i got video of casey like brushing his teeth and he's arguing with Brennan, and and uh, Brennan's like, "We're supposed to leave at six thirty. And he goes, he pulls his phone out and looks at it. And he goes, "It's six thirty right now. We can leave at six thirty still." And so, we all <laughs> like, sounds a lot like, like me, man. Yeah, he's we like, still I'm just got hop this. In the car after brushing my teeth, and and we're gonna be still leaving at six thirty. I'm just like, man, this dude is never a minute early. Yeah, heck yeah. But he's a good dude, man. Good, 
good guy to hang out with. I'm sure you guys have a similar relationship, man. Yeah. Yeah, Cody's always late. I like to call <laughs> I like to call Ryan all, out all the time. He was late Sunday going to check tail cams. I was uh, five minutes late. Five, okay. <laughs> all right. Let's check the Snapchat. Yeah. See what time it is. There you go. Pull it out. Yep. I yeah. set the time and then I was late. Hey, yeah. I, I don't get to sleep in very often, man. So all right. We uh we can't thank you enough for coming on, man. This has been a blast. Um sure. Just just to the listeners, check his stuff out. Uh, you're going to like it. If you listen to this, his stuff's better than ours. So we guarantee you're going to like it. Videos his stuff. and podcasts, yeah, so, way better. Yeah, so <laughs> check it out, man. 